We are all works in progress. What if we took that a step further, pausing for a moment to ask ourselves, what else is possible? What if you were to just be with the question so that you can then choose something different for your life, not having to seek out any answer? So join me, Carmen Shields, on the Discovering Amazing Possibilities podcast every other Wednesday. Get curious about your life. What amazing possibilities have you not considered in your life today? Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Chingona's Only Club, part of the Amplify Her Media Network. I'm your host, Meli Ramirez, and today we will be talking about love. Don't roll your eyes, because if you barf at the sight of Valentine's Day decor that gets rolled out like every January, right after Christmas each year, just bear with me. I promise you, it's not about that. So... Get ready, get comfortable, and let's dive in. Alright, so as I was saying, this is an episode about love, but it's not a gushy episode. It's more an episode on what I consider to be healthy love. We're going to be discussing how to identify red flags in relationships. And of course, as always, I'll share my own experience and recent discussions that I've had with other women about this topic. But before we get into that, I want you to check out the Amplify Her podcast trailer with Christina Singh. Hi, this is Christina Singh, founder of Amplify Her Media and the host of the Amplify Her podcast. I am so, so excited that you're listening to this show right now, and I wanted to invite you to come listen to the Amplify Her podcast as well. Every week on my show, I interview an incredible woman about her story, who she is, and everything in between. My goal is to amplify and uplift women's voices and stories. Women's voices are powerful, and their stories deserve to be heard. So come on over and listen to an episode of the Amplify Her podcast. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, or SoundCloud. I cannot wait for you to hear it. And remember, your voice matters and your story matters. And welcome back. So February, besides, of course, the most obvious celebration of Black History Month, also has this made-up holiday, (laughs) which is Valentine's Day. A lot of people really like it. Some people get all into it and make a big deal about it. I personally don't really care for it. I'm not some anti-love person or anything like that. Obviously, I'm very much in love with my husband and I believe in love. I am not a cynic. I just don't think that you constantly need to show it through buying gifts for one another. I feel like that's very superficial. But again, it's my own personal opinion. Everybody likes to celebrate with their significant other one way or another. And some people are honestly just looking for excuses to go out on a date, have dinner, and do things like that with their loved ones. So if you like it, good on you. I'm just, it's just another day for me. But my kids really love it. And so I have bought them their little Valentine's cards and making sure that every kid in their classroom gets one because we get a list of names. 
so no one feels left out. And I think that's probably what I hate about it. But anyway, I'm not going to go down that rant because it's pretty lengthy. (laughs) What I thought would be an appropriate topic for today was to talk more about real healthy love because I'm turning 37 this year and my entire life, I think there has been, my entire life has been filled with ups and downs, right? Good relationships, hard relationships, and some of them I confuse with being loving relationships and they were not. And I've witnessed women and men in my life not being able to distinguish between healthy, honest love and toxic obsession and unhealthy relationships. And those can be incredibly damaging if you don't pay attention, if you allow yourself to get close to people that you that you're in love with them and vice versa. And so I wanted to just go back and talk about that because as much as I want to talk about believing in true love and that there's someone out there for everybody, I think I wish that someone would have talked to me as a kid not as a kid, but as a young lady about toxic love, hurtful love, and the harm that can come to you just from not really paying attention and knowing your worth. So yeah, that's what brought this on. It just happened to coincide with Valentine's Day, I promise. So I was talking to a friend of mine, I think a couple of months back, and We were talking about our relationships and she just confided in me and said that she was having a hard time in her marriage. And when I hear that, of course, I I don't like to give advice. I think usually when friends confide in you about their significant other, they're more than anything looking for someone to listen. Unless they specifically ask for your advice, I don't find that it's a good idea to just give your opinion because my tolerance level for bullshit is very low and my advice would not necessarily be what everybody wants to hear. And I, if I value my friends or whatnot, I listen to them. I'm there for them in terms of what type of friend they want me to be. If they say, hey, I need your honest opinion on this, I will give it to them because it tells me that they understand what they're getting in return. And so in this particular moment, my friend was telling me that she had been having a hard time with her husband and that they kept fighting. And when I hear couples fighting, I think verbally. I don't immediately assume that fighting is physical, even though that is what I'm familiar with, because that's how I grew up. And she then happened to say that her husband shoved her. And that's when my attention was piqued. And I said, what do you mean? Like physically put his hands on you and shoved you. And right away, I think as soon as the words came out of her mouth, she realized where my mind went because she had my full attention at that point my undivided attention of like I'm looking at you and you are not wiggling out of this one you are going to have this conversation now and she was like well 
I was kind of going crazy and I was like, well, what, do you, what does that mean? She's like, I was hitting him or shoving him and throwing shit at him. And I was like, so him shoving you, was it like hitting you back or trying to or getting you off of him? And she was like, yeah, I was like trying to keep me from hitting him and restraining her. And at that point, I looked at her because I have no, I have no problem switching just because my experience with domestic violence is as a woman, I've never been an abuser or it's always been, I've always been the victim. I've always been the the, the person who's just bared witness to my mom being abused. Uh, it doesn't make me biased to think that men are the only ones capable of domestic violence because that's just not the case. And so in this case, it was a different situation that I was listening to. And although she was my friend, I've known her for a long time and I know what her temper is like and I know what her trauma is like and I know what her triggers are like. And I immediately just looked at her and I was like, why would you do that? I was, why would you ever put your hands on your husband? And is this normal? Does this happen all the time? Is this the first time he shoved you or strained you or whatever? And she had no really no choice but to just admit that, oh, no, this happens all the time because that was her way of normalizing it and being like, this is normal for us. We yell at each other. I cuss him out. He cusses me out. or, And I'm like, that's not normal. And I'm staring at her and I'm saying that is not normal. That's not how people are supposed to be towards each other. And it was really hard because I could not understand. I could not grasp how she could normalize that. They hadn't been married long. And from what she was telling me, she was the aggressor. That's what I gathered. She told me that she would go home and she'd sometimes just pick fights with him because in her words, she was bored or she was in a bad mood or she was upset and whatever the case might be. And this person just seemed to be the closest person to her and the one to bear the brunt of her emotions. And the justification was that her husband is used to it. Since they were dating, that was how she behaved towards him and he was okay with it. Basically, he knew what he was getting himself into. It wasn't like she ever tried to hide how she was. Like, it's almost like these these videos that you see all the time on TikTok where they're like, oh yeah, Latinas are freaking crazy. And they talk about, you're going to get murdered if you look at another woman or something like that. And they make light of it. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. That's not true. <laughs> I mean, we maybe are stigmatized or stereotyped to be jealous we're stereotyped to be loud we're stereotyped to be quote-unquote feisty but we're not abusive <laughs> we're not toxic because that's essentially the word that's been given to latina latino women and the fact of the matter is that it's a stereotype because i know a lot of wonderful beautiful amazing women who have never showed a shred of uh, unkind behavior or ill will towards anyone around them. So I hate those stereotypes. But 
But the fact that these people are normalizing that, hey, if you want crazy, go get with a Latina. And I always hate that because I don't consider myself to be that person, especially not with my husband. Like he's the person that I probably have the most respect for in my entire like existence because he's the person I share my life with. And when people talk about their relationships around me, and like I said, I always just listen, or I've seen couples interact all the time, especially in the military. And like in the military, relationships are so fucked. And people don't even understand what a healthy relationship is because you marry immature people, people that left home, went straight into the military and have never really had the opportunity to date outside of the military, which means that you've never had the opportunity to date someone who was properly socialized with like real people outside of a military environment. And you have a lot of domestic violence that happens in the Navy. I know it happens a lot in the Army and the Marines. This is common knowledge, but it happens a lot, I think, because we normalize it. And so I wanted to talk about the things that, you know, are red flags from someone who has both witnessed it and experienced it and has their own experiences. To some people, these things might seem normal, but I think the general consensus in society and what is appropriate is that the things that I'm going to talk about are not And I want to say this out loud so that if anyone is experiencing these things, then maybe they can re-examine where they are in their life and who they're with and whether or not that person is willing to do the work to work on these issues or if it's best to let them go. And that's a hard truth. So first and foremost, um, I think that when you first start to date a person, a lot of people like to tell themselves, like, this isn't how it always was, that this person was always kind and wonderful. And that could very well be the case if they are a narcissistic person who really is just looking to be in a relationship with just so that they could be abusive towards them. But most of the time, I don't think that is the case. I think that red flags come up very early on in the relationship and we just simply choose to ignore them because of our love and affection that we may feel towards this individual. So I would say the earliest one would be inconsistency. I've had a lot of friends who have dated men and women and inconsistency has been the biggest red flag when they talk about how they can't get a hold of their boyfriends or their boyfriends just sometimes are really sweet and then sometimes they're really cold and detached and people justify that. They say, oh, well, maybe he's having, he or she is having a bad day or maybe they're they're being very hot and cold and unavailable emotionally and they're thinking it's because they're dealing with this or that or the other. And I'll tell you that the friend that I was speaking to, that's how she was with her husband when they were dating. She was very like, I love you, but I don't love you. And I love you, but I don't love you. (laughs) 
And I had another friend who, it happens a lot to men when they're younger and they're dating in the military. The Dear John movie was a parody on what happens to men who date these girls and they try to keep these long distance relationships. And the girls are like consistent one day. And then the next thing they stop answering their phone calls and they're driving them crazy. And they're just losing their absolute ever loving minds when the inconsistency alone should tell you that this person is not there for you. This person, if someone is interested in you and they're invested, they're going to show consistent behavior to tell you that they're interested in you and that they're invested in the relationship. And people have a really hard time hearing that. They're like, they make every excuse under the sun, whether because they think that this person is the best they're ever going to be, they're ever going to, or because they're just like madly in love with them or think they're madly in love with them. And so they kind of just go along with it and they tolerate this bullshit behavior because that's what it is to me. It's bullshit. Like people ghosting people for a couple of days and then just coming back and then just apologizing and then you take and then everything is back to normal. That's bullshit behavior to me. It's childish. Uh, I couldn't deal with it. And I don't encourage anyone to. Like you should know that inconsistency is a huge red flag and it's never going to get better. That person has a lot of growing to do and you are not responsible for ensuring that that happens. You don't have to meet them in that place. So that might be hard to hear, but I just, I think that one's a really important one. Of course, verbal or physical abuse is a, another red flag and that also happens very early on. So I can tell you that when Joe and I started dating, we were very young. We were in uh, 21 years old, and that's pretty immature. <laughs> Quite frankly, we're immature people at that stage. We think we know it all when we're 21. But looking now, looking back now, we didn't know diddly squat. And a lot of the times, I re- so I remember knowing other young couples, again, it's the military. In the military, it's not uncommon for 19-year-olds to be whole-ass married. And that when you're 22 and married, you meet another 22-year-old couple that's married with two kids already. That is not uncommon. I think it's uncommon in the civilian world, but not in the military. And I remember having... um friends who were married because once you have a baby it's really hard to maintain relationships and friendships and so we sought out other relationships that were similar to us essentially who were married and had children or who were just married and around our age group and one of the things that always shocked me was when I saw them interacting with one another I remember a friend of ours who invited us over her dinner and she was really pissed off when we got there because her husband wasn't helping prep dinner. We didn't have any kids at the time. She had a little baby girl. I think she was probably like eight or nine months and she was crying. And so she's trying to calm the baby and she's trying to cook dinner and put dinner on the table and she's trying to get ready. And her husband's just sitting there watching TV and she's yelling at him come on, get your ass off the couch and help me. And he was shut the fuck up and just being completely disrespectful. And for me, it like hurt my ears to hear a husband and a wife essentially yell at each other that way because one, I was completely triggered. When you grow up in a domestic violence type household, you 
don't realize the amount of trauma that you carry with you until you're put in a situation like that. And so that was really hard for me to hear. It made me extremely nervous. And I felt like I had to intervene. And I was like, I'll do the cooking. I'll get the baby. Just by the situation to just get through it. And when we left, I remember sitting in the car with my husband, like, oh my God, I never want to do that again. I never want to do that again because... I couldn't wrap my mind around how much they cursed at each other. And then they were fine. When we were eating dinner, we sat down and everybody was laughing and joking like nothing. And I was like, you just called her a bitch. And she just told you to go fuck yourself. And now we're just having an appetizer. (laughs) How does that even work? And people like to joke around that way. They talk to their spouses that way. I cannot, like I said, maybe it's all my trauma, it's all these things, but I find it to be incredibly disrespectful because I can cuss, I I cuss all day, all the time, but I will never curse at my husband, particularly if we're angry or if we're fighting. I won't do that because it's extremely disrespectful. And like I said, I have an immense amount of respect for my husband and vice versa. I've known men who call their wives uh, all the time. Stop being such a bitch. Or why are you acting like a bitch? And I'm like, how are you standing there? Standing there talking to your spouse this way or how you as a woman are still standing there when your husband's calling you that regardless of what the situation is. I, Joe has never used that word with me, not even when we were dating, but also we've never fought to that degree. Like we've had fights, but never to the point where we're yelling or screaming at each other or being disrespectful to one another. And even when they were serious fights, we didn't yell. We didn't scream. We didn't insult. We didn't offend because we understood that that wasn't the intent. That wasn't the reason for the disagreement. The issue was something totally different and us calling each other names and being disrespectful towards one another had nothing to do with what we were actually arguing about. And so to me, verbal abuse, any type of like offensive behavior, offensive language that you use towards your significant other, I think that that's a huge red flag. If someone talks to you in that manner and it gives you the wrong, it rubs you the wrong way and everybody just laughs it off, you don't have to put up with that shit. Get away from them because chances are it's going to get worse. And it may never escalate to physical abuse, but verbal abuse can be incredibly damaging for your mental health and your well-being, your confidence, all of that. So those things are in my opinion, extremely just one of the, one of a huge red flag for me. I won't do it. I won't tolerate it. Even as an adult with like other professional relationships, it's no, no, I'm not going to take you speaking to me in that manner. Goodbye. And yeah, so that's a big one. I think that a lot of people choose to overlook because you're just not ready to let go of the person and that's understandable, but I'm telling you, it's not okay. And it's not normal. And you do not have to put up with it. Another one that I often see is mismatched goals within a relationship. Often people want different things when they get in a relationship. And I'm just going to use a male-female type of relationship because that's what I know. But if there's a relationship, a woman might want 
a family. A woman might want to settle down or vice versa. What if the man wants a family and wants to have children and wants to settle down and the woman is, you know what, I'm too young for this. I'm not ready for this. I'm not mature enough for this. And they choose to get a relationship. Those goals are completely mismatched. And when you find yourself bargaining to get what you want, it is so not okay. And what I mean by that is if you want children and your spouse does not, when your spouse is like, fine, we'll move to this state for your job, but you have to have my baby or we need to have a baby. That is not okay because it's almost a form of blackmail. You're blackmailing your significant other within your relationship to get what you want And you as the individual are giving into that to get what you want. So nobody actually wants this child. Nobody actually wants to raise this child together. And now you're bringing in someone else into a relationship that honestly is not built on trust. It's not built on communication. It's not built on love. It's built on bargaining. And so mismatch relationship goals are a huge problem. And often... A lot of the reasons people say we outgrew each other. Chances were that you always knew what you wanted and you thought that you could ignore it. Or they always knew what they wanted and you thought that you could change them. And the fact of the matter is that if you are not meshing with another person and you guys don't have the same relationship goals and what it is that you want to get out of you two being together, then it's time to just let go because that leads to a lot of resentment. It leads to fighting. It leads to so many other problems. And honestly, it's not worth it because there is someone out there for you that wants the same thing. And it's not the end of the world. I promise. Jealousy or history of infidelity. And so these are these two go hand in hand because people tend to mirror the things that they do in their partner. So when there's mistrust in a relationship, often, or like accusatory behavior that people think it stems from jealousy, it often stems from infidelity or thoughts of infidelity. When people are doing something wrong, something that they shouldn't be, they see the worst in everybody else because you know that you're lying and so you assume everybody else's. And that can lead to mistrust, that can lead to jealousy, that can lead to like very unhealthy, toxic behavior that just throws trust out of the picture. And without trust, like you just can't have a relationship with anyone. And so if someone has ever been unfaithful to you and you forgave them, good on you. You're amazing. I could never do it. I'd be like, nope can't do it. And it's not because I couldn't forgive. I could forgive the infidelity. I could never trust the same again. And so I know that relationship would never continue going any further than that, just because the trust would be destroyed as much as I may still love the person. It just wouldn't work for me. So if you say are in a relationship where there's a history of infidelity and you're constantly feeling like you have to check or keep an eye on your significant other because you're worried that it's going to happen again. That's exactly what I'm talking about when I say like the trust is gone and you can't forget it. You can't move on because we're human, right? And as humans, we always do what's best for us in terms of 
we always want to protect ourselves. We always want to protect our hearts. And it may be unintentional, but you're always going to be guarded from that point forward. And it's just not the same. And so if there's a history of infidelity too, the person that did it to you once disregarded you entirely. And if they did it once, there is a high likelihood that they would do it again. And a lot of people think that it won't. They like to believe that it won't. But it takes a huge toll on your mental health and your self-confidence. So while this individual may never cheat again, they did it once and it made you feel like you did something wrong. No matter what their stupid reason was, (laughs) no matter who they cheated with, you're always going to end up feeling like you were inadequate in that relationship because you couldn't keep your partner faithful. Like it was your job or something. Instead of blaming them for their weakness and morality or their love or whatever the hell it was, you are always going to suffer at their expense because your mental health is going to take a hit. And with that comes your self-confidence. You're always going to wonder if you're good enough, if your partner cheats on you. And that's a pretty heavy burden to carry. And personally, I always think that's another red flag that to me, it wouldn't even be a red flag. That would be a relationship ender for me. Um, But for a lot of people, they're able to work through it and move past it. But no matter how far they move past it, it always comes back to bite them in the butt. And I don't mean like the person cheats again. No, you're going to have a time where you're going to get into a fight and this is going to come up again. Whether someone's going to find out what your partner did, because a lot of the times people don't like to talk about what their partner did. They like to cover up for them. They like to maintain their own self-dignity. When your family, your loved ones, your kids, whoever finds out what happened, because the truth always comes out no matter what. When that happens... It's going to bring up every single piece of hurt all over again. It's not something you forget about. If you think you can work through infidelity, again, good on you. I just don't think that you have to. I don't think that you should. I don't think that you should have to. (laughs) That person obviously just didn't value you and you can do better. I think substance abuse is a big one for me. And again, no, if you guys have heard the show in previous episodes, you know that substance abuse can be anything from like alcohol, drugs, whatever. And that is a huge red flag, personally, because any individual who cannot go a day without drinking or smoking or doing drugs or whatever the case is never going to put you above whatever it is that they're doing. Never. Unless they're willing to really make that change, it's a tough sell. And if your partner is willing to self-correct or get themselves into treatment, it's up to you to decide if it's something you want to stick around for, but it wouldn't be healthy for you to be there for. You don't have to get into a relationship like that. There's people who are more than willing to just love you, that they don't have to drown themselves in whatever it is that they're drowning themselves in anyone who wants to experience life with you should be able to do so in their right mind and that's just my personal opinion just because I told you my dad's history with drugs my dad's history with alcoholism 
I've seen a lot of people in the military struggle with alcoholism. And the people who suffer the most are always their loved ones, their significant others, their children, because their substance abuse, their alcoholism has always been more important than their family. And no matter how much they love their family, they, they won't make an effort to fix themselves. And that's really painful to watch. And so I always st stick to, I always tell people, hey, you're never going to be number one unless they want to make you number one, period. And that's hard to hear sometimes, but it's the truth. Um, I think that when you're in a relationship, it's important to slow down. And I feel like a hypocrite saying this because <laughs> my husband and I's relationship was very non-traditional. We were never like officially dating and we were never officially boyfriend and girlfriend. We just one day were. And so our family wasn't involved. I've always been a very, I'm going to do whatever I want kind of person. I didn't tell my mom when I got married. I didn't tell my brothers when I got married. I was married a whole year before they even found out which tells you just how us getting married was really for us. We just wanted to be married. We didn't want to tell anyone that we were married. Nothing changed in our relationship when we got married. All the things that people say, the first year of marriage is going to be the hardest one because then you really get to know them. Well, I think you should really get to know the person before you marry or before you do anything like drastic. Relationships that move too fast really freak me out because a lot of the times they're very superficial. I think that it is possible to move a relationship forward in an absurd amount of time because sometimes people just click. Sometimes people are just meant for one another. And I'm a firm believer in that. And it sounds crazy and contradicting to what I'm saying. But you can tell when people are communicating their needs and their needs are being met. And then you can justify a relationship moving at a quicker pace than most. But then also you can tell when people are moving super fast in a relationship And they have no fucking idea who they're with. They know nothing about them. It's all superficial. It's all about she's so beautiful. He's so handsome. Or he's so sweet. There isn't any depth in their conversations. There's no depth in their relationship or how they actually know the intimacy that their partner is willing to give them. They have no idea. And so those are huge red flags, but I don't know how to stop those, to be honest. <laughs> I would say that if you're in one of those relationships and you feel like it's moving too fast, listen to your gut. It probably is. Ask yourself, Do you really know this individual? What do you know about them? If you know what they would do in a tough situation with your family, with their family, with their friends, with their loved ones, how would they react? If you can answer all those things, I would say, keep moving forward, maybe slow down. But if you don't know any of those questions, stop. <laughs> You're going too fast. And it's not to say that it may not work. It could. But you may not know whether or not you have the same relationship goals. You may not know whether or not this individual has the same life goals as you. You may not know 
if their behavior is going to be consistent over a long period of time. And so all the things that I mentioned before, you don't have an opportunity to actually catch these red flags if you're moving at a super rapid speed of light pace. If that's you, I'd say just slow down. Nobody's rushing you. You have time. And if that person is rushing you, then that's a red flag, personally. Valentine's Day is typically people gushing over one another. And I personally, I'm just going to tell you why I hate it so much. When I first got here from Mexico, when I was seven, I went, I started the second grade. And the first thing, the, the day that I started school, it was on Valentine's Day. Now, in Mexico, we don't celebrate Valentine's Day. I had no idea what the hell that was. And I was in the classroom, and everybody got up and started exchanging Valentine's Day cards. Mind you, I didn't even speak English at the time, so I had no idea what was happening. I'm just sitting there just looking at everybody exchange cards and give each other candy and do all these things. And by the time everybody was done, all the kids had cute little valentine's day cards and they all had candy and all this stuff and i didn't have anything and i was so embarrassed not because i didn't get anything but because i didn't bring anything i didn't bring anything to the class and even if i'd known what it was honestly my, my mom couldn't afford to buy me cards and make give everybody candy and things like that i probably wouldn't have and i never did in elementary school i'd never brought valentine's day cards to school and I hate that it ostracized me as a kid and it continues to do that to people as an adult. And that's just my own personal take on it. Uh, There's a lot of people out there who feel so much pressure to have a partner or have a love interest that this holiday, this made up holiday, just puts a lot of pressure on people to do stuff. It puts a lot of pressure on men and women to go out and do these big gestures of love to show just how much they love their person. And I think it's fucking stupid. It's unnecessary. I I don't know. I just don't like it. If I came home and the, my bed was full of rose petals, I'd be fucking like, what? who's going to clean that shit up? <laughs> but you know what? If you hire a maid on Valentine's Day, you get her to clean my house. I'm like, oh my God, this is a man I fell in love with. So everybody has their own thing, right? I just don't like empty gestures. I don't know. I think it's stupid. I think my husband gets me flowers any time of the year and that's lovely. He doesn't have to wait till Valentine's Day to do it. He can just do it today or tomorrow. <laughs> but that's just, again... My own personal opinion, I swear I'm not a cynic. I love watching people get flowers. I love people celebrate their love with others. I hate seeing people be excluded and how people struggle with their mental health around these holidays because they feel like they're not really meeting the expectations of society. And that's just my own personal take on it again. But I still wanted to talk to you all about love that it is possible. I was once in a very abusive relationship. I grew up in an abusive household. And all of the things that I've talked to you about, I've either experienced or witnessed firsthand. And I can tell you that I did at one point believe that I was going to die alone. (laughs) I was like, I never, I'm never going to be able to trust any man. 
I'm never going to be able to even have friendships, right? Because love is not just about a significant other. I'm never going to make friends. I'm never going to trust people. I'm never going to love a man. I'm never going to have children. And here I am at 37 years old almost with three beautiful boys, my husband, who's amazing, beautiful friends who I love and cherish. And I just feel incredibly blessed. And so if anything, if you do anything on Valentine's Day, just tell all the people you love, all of them, how much they mean to you. And honestly, the joy and just immense amount of gratitude that they bring to you by just merely existing. Because that's, I don't know, that's more important. You don't have to buy 12 dozen roses. <laughs> but if you do buy them from a street vendor, you know, support my peoples. Anyway, that's it. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I will leave you with the Momster Podcast trailer with Veronica Castellanos. Until next time. Adios. Hey, I am your host, Veronica Castellanos. And every Monday, tune in because I'll be dropping new episodes with the Momster Podcast. Motherhood can be one of the trickiest things to maneuver through emotionally, physically, spiritually. And I'm going to talk about all the things, the good, the bad, the ugly, and joyful moments as well. So tune in every Monday, the Momster Podcast, which is part of the Amplify Her Media Network.